The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Today's guest on Talk of Champions, Demencio Vaughn, the newest Ole Miss basketball rebel. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. When you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Subscribe to the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and the food of 247 Sports. That's the website that I write for. Also, the podcast can be found in SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Colin, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Doing good. It's uh, it's what week four of uh, quarantine, so getting a little start crazy, but it is what it is. What'd you do this weekend? Played MLB the show. <laughs> that's that's about it. I did a little bit of yard work, but other than that, not much. I watched part two of WrestleMania, and not because I care about wrestling anymore. I haven't really watched wrestling in two years, but I just had to have some type of athletic event, and it turned on WrestleMania. <laughs> How is okay? So I've talked to some friends that are big wrestling people. How does the crowd not being there make it make it different? It's completely different. You can hear okay. everything they're saying. You can hear the impact, and it's very eerie. I wish they'd have done some type of white noise. But the Firefly Funhouse match with Bray Wyatt and John Cena. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, go watch that. And if you cannot watch that and enjoy it, when wrestling leans into its absurdity. There's nothing quite like it and uh, nothing quite as fun as wrestling 
leaning into its absurdity. And that was a perfect example of that. It was a lot of fun. And it was something. It was something other than catching up on this show, catching up on that show, rewatching this show, playing video games, going outside playing ping pong, throwing frisbee with my daughter. <laughs> we played croquet for Christ's sake on Sunday. <laughs> croquet. Croquet. That, uh, did you win? Oh, no, no, no. And I'm rusty in ping pong. I hadn't played ping pong in four years. Did not play too well on Sunday. I was disappointed. You won, though, right? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, I don't want to talk about ooh. it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't. Yeah. But Demencio Vaughn, today's guest on Talk of Champions, the latest addition transfer from Ryder. It's a big get for Ole Miss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, look, I think I think he's a guy that he's an older guy. He can play the guard position, hopefully can score. Um, look, Ole Miss needed, needed some leadership and some, I think toughness. Um, and you know, Kermit had kind of talked all year about, uh, them, them lacking that. And I feel like this is a guy that they kind of pinpointed in recruiting that could provide, you know, uh, a lot of different things, a lot of different categories for them. Six, five played at Jackson Callaway before heading to a post-grad school, picked Ole Miss over Connecticut and Georgia. And they'll talk about it coming up in just a little bit. It's a good fit. What Ole Miss needs, Jarkel Joyner is presumably the point guard, assuming that Devontae Schuler isn't back. But here's how the math works right now. They had one open scholarship. That scholarship is now occupied by Demencio Vaughn. So if they add anyone else, they have to make further room. They have no spots, but they're not slowing down. A number of different candidates out there for almost basketball. But now this is where the math becomes interesting. Because if you do add anyone else, then you're going to have the speculation of, okay, who's leaving now? Yeah, and that that's that's an interesting topic. I mean, I don't, you know, I think there's some guys that are untouchables. I, I'll be honest with you, outside of, but there's two guys we think that could possibly uh, not have their scholarship, uh, not have their scholarship back. But I, I think outside of those two, everybody else is pretty safe. So I don't feel like Ole Miss is looking to sign more than it, you know, two guys. The untouchables: Blake Henson, Austin Crowley, KJ Buffin. Sean Robinson, Sammy Hunter, Luis. I'd probably put Hadim C there. I'd be shocked yeah. if Hadim C wasn't back at this point. So, so that, really leaves that leaves Bryce you. and Dude. Yeah, Bryce, Dude, and Devontae. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about Devontae as being an open. but If they're operating yeah. with the expectation that he won't be back next year. And it feels like that's what's happening. Well, it just feels that way. Now, Kermit Davis yeah. is going to be on the Rebel Your Hotline tonight with Chuck. I told Chuck, ask about Devontae. He's the X factor in this whole recruiting puzzle that you're trying to put together here. What happens with Devontae? I could understand not renewing or bringing back Bryce Williams. I could see that. And the reason why is because he's a senior, a rising senior, and when you recruit JUCO players, you don't recruit them to sit. You're recruiting them to come in and impact your team immediately. And outside of a couple of uh, key moments for him, what did Bryce Williams do that was all that important for Ole Miss basketball last year? Yeah, outside of Penn State, one, one great. And when he did get an opportunity at an extended run, not only as a regular contributor in the rotation, but some starting time, didn't do much with it. That's why I think it would make sense then if Ole Miss did want to move on from Bryce. I think Bryce is a great guy. I think he could bring a lot to your team. And depth-wise, getting Demencio makes you deeper, putting guys like Bryce in different spots on the bench that best utilizes them in a rotation. He just didn't bring enough for you to where if you did need to make room for another impact guy. Say you wanted to bring in Landers Nolly transfer from Virginia Tech that Ole Miss is in on. A lot of schools chasing this kid. But Landers Nolly calls you up and says, all right, I want to be an Ole Miss Rebel. Is Bryce Williams going to keep you from adding him? No. Because no. they're going to add a forward. They're going to add a forward. 
So if you're going to add a forward, and that's assumed, and that's going to happen, but you're still going to turn away a Landers Nolly because, oh, no, no, we got Bryce Williams or Dude Column on the, on the roster. And I think Dude has a lot of potential, and he's more, to me, a long-term project and a potential impact guy for your program more so than Bryce because Bryce only got a year left. Bryce kind of is what he is. You don't know what Dude is yet. And there were at times last year where you really thought Dude was coming around but the usage of dude late in the season after he had that strong run of games in which he was playing a lot. It seemed off after, you know, I thought he played pretty well when he got his opportunities too. So you're, you kind of don't know what happened there. Um, and it's not like the, the guys they put in his spot, you know, uh, played overwhelmingly well. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's look, this, it kind of feels like it. And I don't mean this is a slight or anything, but it kind of feels like we, that Ole Miss has kind of gone back to the way that AK used to recruit, right? Like you uh, get the grad transfers and, and you try to make it work from that perspective. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I think that's, that's a smart way to go about it, but um, it just kind of feels like that they're back in that realm of things now. No, I don't think that. I don't think that. I think the culture has completely changed. I think AK was a little bit ahead of his time as far as where he saw basketball, recruiting shifting to going towards and that's the grad transfer market blowing up okay and once these schools were able to add guys uh one-year grad transfers that could play immediately that changed the game because now you've effectively created college basketball free agency and even guys that are sitting out sit outs this year are actually potentially even more important than anybody you can add because we don't know what the status of the season is or what the season will look like or when it will start any of that stuff yeah you want to get an impact guy like edmencio vaughn but you also would love to get a Landers Nolly to go with them because Landers has got to sit out a year. If you don't know what the season is going to look like this year, then a sit-out guy is more valuable than in that scenario. But they're going to add a forward. And I think right now it looks like they had one spot. They're operating like they've got two or three spots. They're operating okay. to me like they've got three spots. It's kind of what I'm looking oh. at. Yeah, it kind of feels like that too. It just kind of feels like, and, and you know more about this than me, but it just kind of feels like the the culture within within that team last year wasn't something Kermit appreciated and liked. And it kind of feels like he's going about recruiting in a way that that's going to change that culture into to more of something that fits him personally. I don't think the culture was bad at all. They were a great practice team. They liked each other. They worked hard. It yeah. Didn't work. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah, but, and that, but it didn't work, and, and, and that's kind of my point. I, I just kind of feel like that, that this team – maybe I'm wrong, but Kermit feels like a guy that's going to emphasize and have a heavy emphasis on, on defense, and it just didn't feel like this team grasped that uh, from his perspective. They weren't terrible defensively. They were actually pretty good. Offensively, Yeah, on the road especially, they were horrible. Horrible. And you attribute about that splits. to anything? I don't know what I attribute it to. I don't think it's a cultural thing, though. I feel pretty confident saying it wasn't a cultural thing. I mean, they had good leadership. They have players that care. They work hard. They were strong practice guys. Kermit liked them. I think Kermit, though, as much as we all like him, is like every other coach in the regards of, at the end of the day, it's about winning. It's about winning games. And if you don't win games, I'm going to recruit to replace you. That's what coaches do. This is a cutthroat business. That's why I tell everyone that listens to this podcast, or in general, you should appreciate student-athletes when you have them and what they accomplish for you because they're discarded either during their playing career because the school decides, okay, you're not really giving me what I need out of you, so I'm going to recruit to replace you, or after they leave, after they've done all of this stuff for your university, you quit caring about them because you're caring about who's next, who's on your team now. I care about John Rice Plumley right now, if I'm an Ole Miss fan, more than I cared about Chad Kelly. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that, that's kind of just society in general, though. And I'm not saying it's wrong yeah. or right. Yeah, it's not wrong or right. It's just the way things are. Yeah, absolutely. But Ole Miss basketball, Domencio Vaughn, he commits. He's coming up in just a minute. A lot of candidates out there for Ole Miss basketball, though. Add three more. I think Ole Miss has been mentioned as a possible landing spot for some 20 transfers over the last two months. But three more. Landers Nolly, I mentioned. Tulsa's Jariah Horn and Rhode Island's Tyrese Martin. Trey McGowan's, who was a target for Ole Miss from Pittsburgh, a transfer target. He announced for Nebraska, I think, on Sunday, maybe Saturday. But three more to add. And um, I think Rhode Island's Tyrese Martin is a forward. They're going to add a forward. That's pretty obvious. Maybe I'm naive asking this question, but it feels like to me that, and, and, and you can tell me here, uh, the guys know that, that places are looking for transfers as soon as they enter the transfer portal, right? Because like, I feel like conversations have to have already at least been had before they even announce. Because when you have guys that come out and say they're transferring and then 24 hours later say they're interested in Ole Miss, kind of feels like the the recruiting process and, and not just Ole Miss had gone into that well before their intentions were announced to transfer for a lot of these guys yes they right. know who some of their options are going to be but Demencio told me when I asked him about it because I kind of leaned into that question and he said that he didn't think Ole Miss knew he was in the portal or that he was going to enter the portal and then they came after him. I know one school that was engaged with a guy who hasn't announced for the portal yet and I know that happens everywhere a number of different schools that do that, they have some contact. It's unofficial contact. It's not like a head coach at, I don't know, School X is picking up the phone and calling Prospect B and saying, hey, you're going to get in the portal tomorrow? That, that doesn't happen. It's unofficial contact. It's third party, many arms away from the decision makers at that school. But there's contact. Right. You at least know who some of the guys are going to be. But Ole Miss has been out in front in so many different transfers. Immediately when a guy hits the portal, it's like Ole Miss is amongst the schools that could potentially land him. Speaking on Demencio real quick, he's from Jackson, right? Right. He played, he played for, yep, David Sanders, former Ole Miss basketball star at Callaway. And uh, Ole Miss is not foreign to him. And, and that's one thing that I think is really interesting in these times of spring recruiting. Because these kids are going to have to make decisions based strictly on if you had a previous relationship with them. I don't know if Trey McGowan's had a previous relationship with Nebraska. I think he did. But let's just assume that he didn't. That means Fred Hoidberg had to walk around campus with a FaceTime <laughs> application up and just showing him different spots of campus in the practice facility, Coliseum, whatever. And then he has to say, okay, I'm going to be a Nebraska Cornhusker. A lot of guys are going to have to do that. They're just going to have to take a leap of faith without ever having stepped foot on campus unless – you're a guy like Demencio Vaughn. And now Ole Miss is much different than when Demencio was first getting recruited by Ole Miss six years ago. Mm -hmm. A lot has changed. But still, the, the bones of what Ole Miss is, I, I think that's something that probably helped because he couldn't have gone and seen UConn. He did like Tom Crane. He could have uh, had a virtual tour with Georgia. I know he had one with UConn, but I think the familiarity with Ole Miss, he'd actually physically been on campus before. That couldn't have done anything but helped Ole Miss. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm just sitting here thinking him being from Jackson, that's kind of wild that he got all the way up. I don't know what state Ryder's in, but I assume it's in the Northeast. It's kind of wild he got all the way up there. Well, he's originally from New York. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense. But Ole Miss is in on a number of different transfers. Three names added to that list, and I mentioned them already, but I'll say it again. Landers Nolly from Virginia Tech, Tulsa's Jariah Horn, and Rhode Island's Tyrese Martin. And I will say, with Demencio. It's exactly what Ole Miss needed because 
basically, Domencio can play. He can handle the ball, but and he can play the two. But really, he's kind of like what Terrence Davis did at the three. And almost didn't have that. Now, Luis Rodriguez was supposed to be that guy. He got hurt for the second time in his career. Blake Henson has not shown an ability to be anything but a volume three-point shooter. Not a particularly good one or efficient one yet. So with Domencio, he gives you that versatility, that ability to go do a number of different things that help you win basketball games. And if you look at his numbers, that's exactly what he did with Ryder. In 2019-20, averaged 15 points, 6.6 rebounds, shot 48% from the field. That'll play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll put you on the spot. Seven months too early. What? And this takes recruiting into effect. What is Ole Miss's starting five when they roll out in November? It's pray to God it's November. Okay, is Devontae Shuler an Ole Miss Rebel? No, he's gone. Okay, he's gone. Point guard is Jarkel Joyner. Okay. The two is Austin Crowley. The three is Demencio Vaughn. The four is KJ Buffin. And the five is either Hadim C or the grad transfer that they've landed to replace him. Okay. Wait, so, so if you let me ask this you think if they recruit uh, a big, it's to replace Hadim C? They're not recruiting a guy to come off the bench behind Hadim. Wow. Okay. Now, okay. if it's a guy, let me look up a name real quick for you. Hold on. So, one guy that made a lot of sense to me, if you're talking about how good KJ was coming off the bench, and we all like KJ off the bench more than as a starter, and it seemed like he was more comfortable in that role. And the reason why is because they can control his minutes and keep him away from the one thing that keeps him off the floor, and that's what? It's fouling. Foul trouble. Yeah, he fouls too much. So if you can control that, utilize him in spurts that allows him to just use his energy and athleticism that could go a long way. So Brandon Johnson is a power forward out of Western Michigan. Now involved in his recruitment right now, Cincinnati, Dayton, Alabama, Georgetown, Louisville, Illinois, New Mexico, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Utah. Virginia Jesus State. Christ. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're a transfer that goes into the portal and you have any success whatsoever at your previous school on your resume, you're going to have so many offers. You're going to have 20 offers, 25 offers. I'm going to I'm going to just throw something out here, Ben. You said Western Michigan, right? Yes. He's played I, in the Pavilion. Wonder if that matters. Nah, I don't know. He's a power forward, so a 4. He could spend some time at center, but he's undersized. He's 6-8, but he's a little bit under that. Yeah. Yeah. That's 15.4 not... points, 8.1 rebounds. It's like he's not Murphy Holloway cuz Murphy was Murphy. But what if he's Murphy Holloway light? You put a Murphy Holloway light beside Hadim with Demencio, with a Jarkel who will be a more willing passer and distributor, but can also be a volume scorer. Hope that Austin Crowley takes that second year step. I could see a pretty good team, pretty competitive team. I'm never going to predict the NCAA tournament because everyone no. expected the NCAA tournament last year. Assumed it and it didn't yeah. happen. Can Murphy Holloway light go right? Yeah. <laughs> Murphy always went left. Everybody knew he was going left. Jimmy, Jimmy Dykes uh, saying that uh, he goes left and lefter was the funniest thing. Yeah, it's great. And that's what's so fascinating about Murphy. All he did was go left. You knew what his game was. He was a bully in the post. He could yep. out-rebound anybody. He was a garbage player. He would do the things he had to do to win. He'd dive on the ground. He'd uh, use his leverage when blocking out whatever to go get a rebound. He did so well and was so successful at Ole Miss, despite being 6'6", completely unable to shoot a free throw. The fa- 
<laughs> he could never was... shoot outside of like what 15 feet you remember when he took the three to tie the game against middle tennessee oh yeah <laughs> wasn't great and the it jump shot looked so bad and i think he's actually great. added a little bit of a jump shot but no i mean come on the formulas worked for so long and Murphy yeah, probably went overseas and just, yeah, just bullied everybody My else. My favorite thing, though, was them listing him at 6'9", and then he'd go out and, like, pregame and stand beside Snoop White, and Snoop would be taller than him. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are lying. I mean, he's closer to 6'5", <laughs> than he's closer to 6'7". <laughs> if you said, okay, you had to pick one height to list him at that was really fair, that I could buy it, 6'5". He's 6'5". 6'5". <laughs> Playing in the post, just bullying everybody. Yeah, working the SEC. I would give him six six. I would give him six six. I've stood beside Murphy enough. Yeah, I'd give him six six. Okay. Not by much though. Not by much. But anyway, if Brandon Johnson, if you land him, or Rhode Island's Tyrese Martin, but Brandon Johnson's good for this explanation. His game fits with what they need that Hadim doesn't give them. An ability to okay. put his back to the post and go score. They don't have that. Hadim is good around he's athletic around the rim. He's finesse uh-huh. around the rim. They need a bully. They need a bully like Murphy. I mean, no one's going to be Murphy, but you get what I'm saying, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Hadim wasn't great at, being a bully in the post. And KJ tried to be, but he fouled too much. Yeah. So there's my starting that- five. A uh, transfer forward slash center to play either the four or the five, Demencio at the three, and Austin and Jarkel. I think Blake coming off the bench is a better role for him, too. Right. Yeah, that that's a really good point because that that allows him more freedom offensively. It feels like. Yeah. Backup guard Matthew Morrell, that'd be fun. Back them not guard. having to start him immediately would probably be good. Well, they're not going to. Yeah, I think he could, and I think he could be pretty darn good. I think at worst he's Torico in college. Wow, that's high praise. I mean, he's a really good player. <laughs> that's high praise now. Yeah, but again. Everyone thought they were going to the NCAA tournament last year. That did not happen. <laughs> 15 games. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bill on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. When you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available on SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Subscribe to the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, affiliate of 247 Sports. That's the website that I write for. Going down to the Modern Women phone line. Speak to Demencio Vaughn. Let's first hear from Modern Woodman and BNA Bank, which power Talk of Champions. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. 
Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to the newest Ole Miss Rebel, Ryder transfer Demencio Vaughn. Demencio, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? What's going on, man? Not much. Just happy and excited. Uh, I'm ready to come, you know, and come back home to Ole Miss and be ready to show you guys what I'm made of. You enter a grad transfer market that's really crowded. A lot of guys out there. You had a lot of options. Let's start there. Who all came after you? Who all did you really consider in the process? Oh, man, it was so many schools. I had the Big East. I had ACC. I had um, just different schools. I had ECU. I had Cincinnati, Xavier, UConn, DePaul, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Georgia. I had some SEC as well, like Ole Miss, of course. And um, it was just a very tough decision. I also had um, Oregon State, but I considered Ole Miss, UConn, and Georgia because those were the guys who were really reaching out, even though I had more more other schools reaching out to me. But the head coaches, you know, they just kind of built this relationship with me over the phone. But I felt more at home with uh, Kermit Davis. What was the pitch from Ole Miss for you? Because they were looking for an explosive guard to come in and contribute immediately. Was that the pitch? What they say to you? That's pretty much what they they just showed me that they was like we need a guy like you. There's not a guy like you in the SEC, so we just want you to be a part of that at our school, and it'd be a good look for you, especially what I'm trying to get done. What are you most trying to get done in this one year run with Ole Miss? Uh, I'm just looking to be on a bigger stage, um, being able to show what I'm really capable of on a higher level um, against talent and just putting myself on a platform where I'd be able to reach some eyes and turn some heads a little more than what I did at Ryder and just prepare myself for the next level and hopefully get into the NBA next year after the season. These are strange times in recruiting with the coronavirus and all in-person recruiting being suspended by the NCAA. But what was the process like for you? I know you played for uh, David Sanders, former Ole Miss star at Callaway. Did that play into it? Just what all went into your recruitment? Coach Sanders, he he didn't really want me. Like he just wanted to make, like he just wanted to make sure that I made the right, you know, and the best decision for me. He didn't really care if I either went to UConn or somewhere else other than Ole Miss. But the coaches, uh, Kermit and Coach Case, they really like reached out and were keeping in contact with me, showing me virtual stuff like on Facetime, Zoom calls, and just keeping me, you know, making me feel like I'm actually there on a visit, even though I'm not really there while I'm quarantining and just relaxing away with my lady. Like I mentioned, you had a previous experience, previous relationship with Ole Miss. 
Did they jump out pretty early as a favorite for you? Kind of how did that work? They were in the top three, but they weren't like my first, you know, because I didn't think that they would find out that I was in a portal, but eventually they did. And then we started talking more. Uh, Coach Kermit Davis made me feel, you know, more at home than what just randomly just like saying, oh, yeah, sure, like Ole Miss. But he just made me feel more at home. What really led to the decision to leave Ryder? Why now? Ryder was just, you know, it was a great time there. I had a great experience with the coaching staff, with my teammates. Um, it just, you know, different things, you know, people go through different things and decide when, you know, it's time to move on. Uh, I thought it was time to move on this year because I'm graduating and I also can be able to play another year. So why not play another year at a higher level instead of just staying at another level? I'm challenging myself. I'm pushing myself because I want to be great and I want to just be on the next level. Where do you think you most improved at Ryder? Um, honestly, I just improved with my shot selection, um, just being a, a better leader. Um, my three-point percentage went up and just being more aggressive. Just my legs got back um, because my season before this past season, I had a, a early, like, bad injury. It was I had a fracture on my foot, so I was out for a while. Um, but then I came back late in the season, not the, not this last season, but the, the season before last. Um, and it wasn't really, I didn't feel right. So I just got myself back in the gym, started working out summertime, preparing myself. And now my foot is, it's amazing. It feels good. Back to hundred percent. Um, and now it's just time to work from here. You hadn't been to Ole Miss in six years, or you haven't been to Ole Miss in six years because you still only got to take a virtual tour. What was Ole Miss back then to you? And now looking at it, what have you seen as far as how the program has advanced? You've seen the pavilion open up. Ole Miss, compared to six years ago, it's got to be pretty different for you. Yeah, it actually has. Um, I just remember when I was there, I was young, you know, just looking up to older guys, looking up to guys that was there. Stephen Moody, you know, guys like him. When I went there to go visit, he was there. He was talking to me about school. Um, I just knew also SEC was a big thing. And Ole Miss was a big school, so it was just like, wow, one of the dream schools. But I really just – I didn't get any offers in high school, so it was just a shocker to have them now. It's like, now I can prove my point to everyone. Yeah, that's got to feel pretty gratifying, not having a lot of offers coming out of high school, and you turn around and enter the grad transfer portal years later, and now everybody seems to want you. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a blessing, actually. So what can Ole Miss fans expect once you take the court for the first time as an Ole Miss Rebel? What can they expect from you? Oh, they can expect everything that they've seen. <laughs> All my stuff that I did at Ryder, I'm capable of doing in the SEC and at Ole Miss. Is leadership something that comes naturally to you? Like, how do you do that in one year, in only one year? It's not easy. Um, I'm just coming in and do my part. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to show guys that. That I'm just not coming in just to, oh, it's my spot. But I'm going to show them I'm, I'm capable of working very hard. And I, I work hard for everything I do and everything I earn. What did you like about Georgia? The head coach was awesome. Um, Crane, he was really cool. He was always reaching out, you know. And he was just telling me about, like, he's seen, he seen a pro in me, which was, it also helped me, you know, like, with everything else. I know a lot of people doubted me, like, oh, I don't see him being a pro. But coming from Tom Crane and the players that he had and the past that he had, it was it was also like a blessing for him to say that to me and for him to be recruiting me as well. 
What about UConn? What'd you like about UConn? I mean, UConn, <laughs> UConn is a dream school. Um, they're going back into the Big East. Um, the coaches, Dan Hurley, uh, Kimani Young, they were really cool. Like, they kept it real. Um, I'm from New York, so it's like still home, too. Like, that's my first home. Ole Miss was my second home. And that's that's just really it. When did you know Ole Miss was the school for you? Um, I just I just took a long time, just thought process, a lot of thoughts and a lot of decisions on my own. It took me a while, but eventually I came to my conclusion and thought it was the right fit, and I can't wait. You're in New York, man, one of the hardest places hit by coronavirus. What's it like up there right now for y'all? <laughs> Actually, it's it's really crazy. Um a lot of people's outside, not listening really. I mean, it's it's like nice days, you know, where it's hot out. People want to go outside, but it's like you got to think about it. It's still, the virus going on, so you got to be cautious. I just try to stay out the way. I don't really go out much unless I have to, like for groceries. But I seen the other day that they said we can't really go out because of like this stuff. It's at its highest uh, peak right now with the virus, so I try to stay out of everybody's way. For a student athlete, I mean, this is a whole new world because you're used to being right now in the weight room, in the gym. How are you keeping up, man? How are you staying in shape and stuff? Uh, just body weight training, um, push-ups, sit-ups, squats, burpees, uh, just running up and down the steps. I also bought a bike not too long ago, so, so I ride around with my mask on. Well, congratulations, man. I know Ole Miss fans are fired up. I know you're excited. Look forward to seeing you over here at Ole Miss, man. Congrats, and uh, we'll talk again. Okay, that sounds good. That was the newest addition to Ole Miss basketball, Demencio Vaughn. On the Modern Woodman phone line, this is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Colin Brister coming back in just a second. But first, let me tell you about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS, or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference, make an impact. The coronavirus pandemic has upended everything. Each and every one of us were confined to our houses, self-isolation, social distancing. But that doesn't have to stop you from eating good food. Enter Sola, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com or give them a call at 662-238-3500. And make sure during this time of quarantine, self-isolation, social distancing to take advantage of their curbside and delivery service. That's Sola in Oxford on the Oxford Square. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. That was Demencio Vaughn, the newest edition of Ole Miss Basketball. It's going to be an instant impact guy. Well, that's the hope anyway. I'm done with absolutes with Ole Miss basketball. <laughs> for uh, for their sake, you better be. Yeah, yeah. He's got to be. He's got to be. 
It's so weird, man. Right now, Ole Miss, basketball, football, baseball, so much would be happening on campus. Yes, it would. And that's the biggest Absolutely. bummer. Ole Miss baseball, for example. When play was suspended, they were 16-1. and one. Where would mm-hmm. they be right now? 30-1. No. <laughs> There'd have been a loss uh, here or there where the Ole Miss Spirit message board would not have taken kindly to it. Okay, uh, real quick. Do you think the uh, – if the, let's see, they would have played 12 games. Do you think uh, – let's say if they were 8-4, and four, do you think the uh, message board would have fired Bianco yet? Oh, yeah, three times. <laughs> no, four times. Eight and four. Do you think they'd have fired him four times? Four times. <laughs> There'd have been enough people shouting those people down that it wouldn't really matter. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's blowing it. He's blowing it. The greatest almost. Yes, that would have happened. <laughs> Look, I get some of the resentment of Mike Bianco, but it it did feel like for two or three years there that just every time Ole Miss lost a baseball game, it somehow got turned into his fault. Like Ole Miss could never just lose under him for a while there. Well, a lot of that has to do with the mentality of football. Every week when you lose, it's the end of the world. Right. And for Ole Miss fans, and it's, it's pretty much across the board in college sports, most fans are like this, but at Ole Miss, we're, we're in it every day, so it feels like it's just at Ole Miss all the time. Mm-hmm. You lose a baseball game. One baseball game in the marathon that is the baseball season. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> it's the football mentality. It doesn't make any sense. And this yeah. Ole Miss baseball team would have lost a game or two that it shouldn't have lost. That would have happened. That happens in baseball. What if they went and won the series against LSU? Mm-hmm. And LSU was number 19 in the country when play was suspended. They win two or three, not sweep them, but two or three. But then they had lost on that Tuesday to UT Martin. Maybe because oh. whoever started that day, whoever the midweek guy was for that day, just wasn't good. And he got knocked around a little bit. Maybe Mike left him in a little too long because he didn't want to overextend his bullpen. Gives up five runs and Ole Miss's offense just didn't have it that day. Well, they would have because the offense was awesome. But they just didn't have it that day. And they lose five to four. What do you think the response would have been? It would have been uh it would have been they don't take midweek serious, even after they beat Southern Miss and and had gone undefeated in midweek. Do you want to feel sad? <laughs> What's that? All right, today's April sixth. Yep. Ole Miss would have played a series at home against number nineteen LSU. Mm-hmm. UT Martin, who cares? At number sixteen Texas A and M. At Memphis. Mm-hmm. At home for number fourteen Arkansas. Yep. Southern Miss and Pearl mm-hmm. midweek, and then three against South Carolina. Today would be the break from South Carolina to next up, the glorious Arkansas Pine Bluff game. <laughs> and then this uh, weekend, we- this weekend, Easter weekend, traveling to Mississippi State. Oh, and it would have been Super Bulldog weekend, and there would have been 33,000 people in the stadium. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would have... Would have been on that would have been nice, but uh, you know, somebody yeah. had other plans. All right, did they win the LSU series? Yeah, they won the LSU series. It was they like, I, I mean, I know we're kind of halfway joking, but I don't think LSU was actually any good. So yeah, they win at least two against LSU. Who was the star of the LSU weekend? Uh, ooh, let's go Gunner. Let's check. I love that kid, and I, I think LSU is going to hold their Friday night guy. Um, going to throw him on Saturday, try to get a matchup advantage, and I think uh, think he probably would have shoved, and Ole Miss would have won a low-scoring game that day. They won UT Martin. Let's just, okay, stop. <laughs> yeah, let's not get crazy here. At Texas A&M. 
they always kind of feel like they play well at A&M. They won the uh, last time they went out there. Um, I'm hesitant to, to say they went 4-0 and in series, though, so I'm, I'm going to say they lose the A&M series. I'm going to say they go 1-2. and And this is where the panic sets in for Ole Miss fans. <laughs> I made the you joke think- about UT Martin, but here's the deal. So Ole Miss lost to Texas A&M, you say? Yeah, yeah, they lose two out of three. Yeah, And then they lost to Memphis. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But Memphis was terrible this year, weren't they? No, they were okay. Um, I mean, I don't know. Ole Miss didn't play well against Memphis that night in Oxford, and they still won. So. Okay, so they beat Memphis. They beat Memphis. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, for everyone's sanity, let's just say they beat Memphis. Oh, I, I found the midweek loss. Okay, so yeah, they won Memphis. Southern Miss's loss. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. They lost to Texas A&M, the series, but they won one, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, three and All three. Right. Bounce back, beat Memphis. What happened against Arkansas at home? One, two, or three. They always beat Arkansas. Why would they not beat Arkansas? Not always. They uh, well, they always beat Arkansas in the regular season. Let me clarify. They always beat Arkansas if it's not a super regional. Yeah. Who was the star yeah. of that weekend series? Uh, I don't know. We'll go Keenan. We'll go Keenan. He had a, he had a big offensive weekend at home. No, oh, Kel Baker had one of his big big games. <laughs> Two bombs nice. on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So a replica of the Louisville series. Yeah, Gunner. The problem is Gunner wasn't that great on Saturday. He had he was bound to have one of these outings. Uh-huh, he just uh-huh. wasn't dominant, Gunner. Mm-hmm. Now Doug was fine on Friday. A little shaky. Gave up three runs on Saturday. It was more of a battle. For the first time all year, Gunner doesn't make it through five innings. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, and then Kel Baker late seventh inning, two run Jack puts him back up, and then almost extends it with one of those eighth innings because the game was played at eight oh seven p.m. Oh, wow. 7 p.m. So one of those eighth innings to where I'm in the press box thinking, oh, this game's about to be over, and then it drags and drags and drags. They played six runs in the seventh or eighth inning, and I'm not out of there until like 1230. So they lose on Sunday. They went on Friday and Saturday and lose on Sunday. Yes. Then they go to Pearl on Tuesday. Ooh. And who's pitching on Tuesday? Uh, Wes Burton. Wes Burton pitched in Pearl. And Wes Burton got a little bit in his own head, overthrew it a little bit, and Southern Miss jumped on him. It almost just couldn't make up the ground. Yeah. So, so you lose to Arkansas and Southern Miss in back-to-back games. And Ole Miss <laughs> fans are freaking out because South Carolina <laughs> comes to town. So what happened against South Carolina? They sweep South Carolina because they oh, suck. Oh, oh, all is well. <laughs> all is yeah, well. So, so you're eight and four today. Uh, you know, pretty, you know, really, really good shape to be a national seed. Is what what I what I've probably got them at. And upcoming tomorrow, Arkansas Pine Bluff at Mississippi State, Belmont, North Alabama. Ooh, number five Vanderbilt comes in for April seventeenth through the nineteenth. They gonna win that series? Uh, yeah, they always win those series. Like, and I'm being kind of like funny here, but like, no, when when big time teams come into Oxford, they don't usually li- they don't usually leave with a series win. I mean, it, Ole Miss just kind of owns the those top-ranked matchups when they play in Oxford. My I can God, think of, this schedule. Oh, it was hell. And it's going to – I mean, I'm assuming they're just going to give them the schedule next year and it's going to be a nightmare again. But after Belmont and North Alabama, two jokes of a game. Vanderbilt, number five. Mississippi State and Pearl, number 17. That's a nightmare game. Mm-hmm. At number one, Florida for three. Arkansas State, whatever. At number two, Georgia for three. Yeah. Home for number 15, Auburn, Arkansas State again. At Arkansas State. I'm not going to Jonesboro. <laughs> and then close it out at number 21, Alabama. Good grief. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, Bama would have fell off, but yeah. Yeah, it was it's a nightmare. And Bama's going to be better next year. And I'm like I said, I assume they're getting the same schedule next year. It's not going to be fun. Who will be hurt most by the draft? A shortened draft? Uh, Georgia, because they're going to lose two first-round pitchers. Okay. So Georgia's going to take a step back. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. Does Vanderbilt get hurt all that much? <sighs> no. I mean, they're going to lose their best player. Um, but Ole Miss is too. I, I, I don't think. I don't think they get hurt by it. No, I mean, Rockers, um, I don't think they've got any high-round prospects uh, from a pitching standpoint. No, I think Vanderbilt will be really good next year again. Assuming Ole Miss gets Anthony Servideo back, and I still don't think that's we, a safe assumption. You, you don't think it's a safe assumption? Uh, I don't. Uh. Yeah, I, I was kind of leaning, the more I talked to people this weekend, I, I'm not near as confident as I was Thursday that he's back. He's got a higher grade than I think any of us anticipated. Yeah, I started. I talked to somebody on Friday that said that there were going to be some mock drafts that had him in the second or third round. And at that point, I don't know if he's back. No, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. But let's assume that Anthony Servideo is back in this scenario. Where is Ole Miss? With Anthony Servideo, without Anthony Servideo, next year, going into next year, assuming all these rosters are pretty much the same, yeah. same for those that get hit hard like Georgia, where does Ole Miss rank for you in the SEC? Uh, they're the second best team, I think behind Vanderbilt because I think Florida's going to get hit a little bit. Um, yeah, I think they're, I think they're picked to win the West. And, uh, cause I think Mississippi state, I, you know, I said, George, I think Mississippi state's going to lose a good bit in Foscue and Westburg. They're, those are two top five round guys. Um, and I don't think JT Ginn's going to be able to pitch for him next year. Although I hope I'm wrong on that. Um, so I, I think, I think they're the best team in the West next year for sure. Well, that's it for Ole Miss baseball. That's what's happening right now. We're two weeks into Ole Miss spring football practices. Right. Two weeks. It's been a pretty yeah. fascinating two weeks. <laughs> There's really no distinguishable difference between Matt Corral and when John Rice Plumley has been able to come over from baseball, which has been a lot more than we expected, mainly because John Rice doesn't have a really big role right now for Ole Miss baseball. <laughs> Who has the leg up right now? Before we get that answer from Colin Brister in this edition of Talk of Champions, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. Both proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. As we all deal with the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic, one thing we're all trying to do, make sure our dollar goes further than it ever has before. Well, good thing for you, if you're in the market for a new car, truck, or Jeep, Alan Samuels, they were already looking out for you financially to meet each and every one of your needs, whatever those needs may be. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford. All you've got to do is go visit Brian, Mason, and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. How can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. As communities across the world deal with the coronavirus pandemic, it has never been more important to have a pharmacy you can trust. And the only pharmacy for you in Oxford is Cheney's Pharmacy. Not only is Cheney's Pharmacy filled with supporters of Ole Miss Athletics, but more than that, Cheney's, a fixture in this Oxford community, offers you anything and everything you'll need in your pharmacy. From prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time, Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy, and that's important, locally owned that has been in Oxford over 40 years, and they provide the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221. 
or you can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at ChinesePharmacy.com. Right now, each and every one of us have our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Chinese Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. I would say, uh, you know, right now it's probably it's probably Plumley, right? Uh, yeah. Just been able to 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 do some different things with his legs, but I don't feel like there's probably much of an advantage. I've been shocked, shocked <laughs> by how much more, not proficient as a passer, but at least more effective as a passer, John Rice has been with Lane Kiffin leading the way. It's almost like Rich Rodriguez didn't know how to coach quarterbacks. <laughs> it's almost like putting the guy who only knows how to run quarterbacks as your offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach wasn't a great idea for developing a passer. Real quick, let's just do this. If Will Hall is Ole Miss's offensive coordinator in 2019, is Matt Luke still here? That's so hard. Who's the quarterback in his offensive system? It's Matt Rowe. Well, you can't predict injury, so Matt would have been the quarterback all year had he not gotten injured. I just think he does a better job with Plumlee if that injury happens than than Rich Rod did. Well, Rich Rod was such an old-school throwback. It was a recycled hire. Mm -hmm. It's regurgitation. Will Hall would have been more forward-thinking, and that's why Ole Miss can sometimes be a little regressive with hires. Dan Warner, everybody would roll their eyes whenever Dan Warner would come back as a quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator. But he's one of the best the sport has ever had. Yes. Consistent as far as his consistent production as a coach, both as a quarterback coach and as an offensive coordinator. Dan Warner has been remarkably consistent. And there's a lot him of value get, with that. And he's always been adaptable. Yeah. Him getting fired was a federal crime. Oh, awful. 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 And, and that's the real travesty of Matt Luke having to be held to account for that first year when he was trying to be loyal. And, and look, coaches have to make hard decisions. And if Matt yep. Luke, who I know, did not believe in Wesley McGriff and Phil Longo, if you didn't believe in them, you have no loyalty to anybody. You have to look out for yourself because coaches can get done to them what Matt Luke had done to him, and justifiably so. Sure. I'm the one that was saying Ole Miss needs to do this. It, it, it had to. But for Matt Luke, for survival, to ensure that you give yourself the best opportunity at your, quote, dream school to win, not loyalty to other people, and that's a great trait to have. It's yep. a great, it's a, he's a very good person. And loyalty and respect and, and all that. It's great for people. You, you have to be that way. Unless you're a college football coach. <laughs> and he didn't believe in him. You fire him. Yep. yep. Instead, you wanted to give them a fair shot. No one gets a fair shot in college football. In college sports in general, you don't get a fair shot. But Matt was operating with a different set of rules than what actually exists in college football. <laughs> so he wanted to give them a fair shot. And they were inept. They were terrible, as terrible as he thought they would be under him. And he gets held to account for it, as he should, because you didn't make the moves that you believed that you needed to make. And that's on you. But those hires themselves, that was on Hugh Freeze. That was absurd. In the middle of everything Ole Miss was going through at the time. Now, Dave Womack, I get. I, I get that. I got why he moved on from Dave. But you had to look around at the climate you were in. And if you didn't believe in Dave Womack anymore, there was a guy out there like a guy at North Texas or somewhere taking your job. There was you didn't have to pay Kiffin. Wesley two and a half million a year. Yeah, there, there was a Chris Kiffin. Yeah, there's some. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. and then you, 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 you compound that with 
I know people disagree with me here. I don't actually believe Phil Longo was brought in to call plays for, for long. I, well, I think he was brought in to be a scapegoat, and then Freeze was going to take over and be the hero. Maybe. But he had autonomy, and what he did was just an egregious affront. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't Freeze so unsure of the Longo hire that when Longo got his brains beat in on national TV, he like almost went back on it? Oh, it's horrible. There was such a backlash. And, and no one was really excited about Phil to begin with. Right. So the worst thing that could have happened was on that national broadcast for them to lay an egg, and they laid an absolute yeah. egg. Just and Ole Miss out. fans are just freaking out. And Hugh Freeze, always aware of public sentiment of what people think about him, steps back and says, because Phil had already agreed. They'd agreed. It was over. Uh-huh. He was the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss. And then Hugh takes a step back and says, you know what? I'm considering Matt Luke. I'm considering um, – Who's that guy from TCU that co-offered? Uh, uh, Cumby. Yes. And he actually talked to him. I know he talked to him. As strong a sourcing on that as possible. He talked to that dude. Named off a couple of different people. I was somewhere with Chuck. And Chuck put it out there. And Chuck's like, he sees what everybody's been saying. And um, he just wants to take a minute to assess. And then, what, a week later, he sticks with the same decision. I mean, have some backbone about it. So he was weak twice, right? Yeah, but look, Hugh came on this podcast recently. We had a good conversation. I don't want to talk constantly about Hugh Freeze and just run him down constantly, but that was just so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Just make your decision. Have some conviction. Same thing with Matt Luke. You had some conviction that Phil and Wesley were bad. Just fire them. Mm-hmm. Go with guys you believe in. Same thing yep. with the Rich Rod hire. He wanted to talk to Will Hall, or really, he did talk to Will Hall, and wanted to consider things. Rich Rod and Will Hall, there was going to be some complications because Will Hall had just taken the job at Tulane. But Matt Luke wanted to sit back after he'd interviewed Rich Rod. He came into town. There's that picture that Bunky's brother put up and all that fun stuff. But he wanted to take a step back, and yet he had so many people around him, including a higher up at Ole Miss. It's not hard to put that together. Ross Bjork. Why are you waiting on Will Hall when you got Rich Rod right here? The reason why, and it proved out on the field is that Rich Rod was a regressive hire while Will Hall fits more with where college football has gone. And yes, he is not the name. He has not been at the same places, but just because you have a nice resume that's got Michigan and Alabama or not Alabama, excuse me for a minute there, but Michigan and West Virginia on your, that doesn't make you better in the current climate than a Will Hall and Will Hall would have actually, and, and people would have rolled their eyes at it because they know Bobby and they know the Ole Miss connection and all that stuff. But Matt and Will go way back. And he had trust in Will, and he knew Will. And when Rich Rod came in, it was like a hurricane. He took the whole program over. Yeah. He was essentially the head coach, just not in title. You'd walk around <laughs> the practice field, and there'd be Matt just kind of floating around, and all you'd hear is Rich Rod, Rich Rod, Rich Rod, just yelling, screaming. I bet he was yelling lots of good stuff, too. You know how in Goodwill Hunting, if you count it up, it was like a record amount of the F word being used in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Rich Rod. <laughs> There's no number to chart this. There's no stat for it. But if there was, I'd venture to say he was pushing for the record of most F bombs. Yes. Problem was he wasn't the head coach. And yet he was the loudest voice on the field every single day. Yeah, and, and, and I know it's not a big deal and all of that, but before he got there, there wasn't really, from what I understand, a ton of that, right? Like, the, there wasn't the, the loudmouth coach that just dog-cussed everybody before Rich Rod showed up. And, and there's got to be a good middle ground for that. Yeah. It was really strange. And look, I don't care what, what your belief systems are. 
I respect all of it. I'm not just trying to be one of those, oh, I, I'm good with everyone. I love everyone. But I just try, just whatever you believe. That's cool. But it was very jarring, and I made the joke before, when you'd walk out on the practice field, and Hugh Freeze used to blare music, these huge mm-hmm. speakers, and he would just be blaring contemporary Christian music, which just yep. doesn't scream football to you. <laughs> and I made the joke one time. I looked over. I think it was Bennett or, heck, it might have been Neil. I don't, I don't know. And I said, man, you, you can't be a Muslim on this team, can you? <laughs> He walk on practice, it's just blaring. <laughs> so there has to be a middle ground between that and Rich Rod. <laughs> and maybe the middle ground is Lane Kiffin. I don't know. Anyway, so we're two weeks into spring football practice. God, that went so far from what we were talking about. All right. Two weeks into spring practices, quarterback situation, John Rice, he's got the edge on Matt Corral. Okay, who are the guys that are standing out, the breakout guys? I'll let you go first. Jamar Richardson at cornerback. Okay. Okay. I was going to go Tariqis Tisdale, and I know he's played a lot, but I feel like uh, he's a guy that would be uh, in a position to have such a big year. You're one of those guys that never can truly go out on a limb with like a Jamar Richardson. It's like, oh, I know he's played a lot. Well, that's not a breakout candidate. Like T. Tisdale is a very good player. Then I didn't know who Jamar Richardson was. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> Jamar Richardson. I got two more. Patrick Lucas Jr. Okay. Do you I'm know who go that is? It. Yeah, I know who that is. Okay. Ace Rogers. I think I think somebody's got to play tight end, right? It's so. Kenny Yaboa. Okay. Well, I think Chase Rogers is having a good spring. Okay. I really like Chase Rogers coming out of high school. I went to the Miss Al game, and he and Miles Brennan were both from St. Stanislaus. Right. And so I go out there to practice – and I remember watching them practice. And Miles Brennan was thin as a rail. His arm strength, you didn't go, oh, wow. That's the next starting quarterback for the defending national champion, LSU Tigers. <laughs> Apparently that's going to happen. But you just didn't see that. But you saw it with Chase Rogers. Right. He just looked the part. And he caught everything, looked athletic. And he was committed to Tennessee. And Ole Miss wanted him at the time. He backs off of Tennessee, wants to open up his uh, recruitment. And then he finds that the options just aren't there. And he goes to ULL. You, so Ole Miss didn't win once he backed out of Tennessee? I can't remember exactly what happened, but effectively the options had dried up. I think it was so late or something. I can't remember. Once you secure your spot, unless you are Laquan Treadwell type, highly recruited dude, five-star dude, if you've secured your spot, you better stick with it and force them to sign you. Otherwise... If you give them the ability to get rid of you and they don't truly believe in you or they find somebody they think is better than you, they have no problem. Again, it goes back to the cold cutthroat business college football. They will get rid of you. Mm-hmm. And so Chase Rogers kind of dealt with that. And now he's an Ole Miss trouble. Okay, Chase Rogers, I'll go with that. All right, and my other one, Dontario Drummond. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is looking the best of all wide receivers right now. Right now. Now, of course, Dennis Jackson, Jonathan Mingo, they'll be fine. They're going to be superstars. But right now, I'm loving me some Dontario Drummond. Yeah, I feel like he's a, he's a good fit in Kiffin's system. I think at times last year he he was able to make some plays, and and for whatever reason there just wasn't consistency. But I I feel like he's going to be be pretty good in, in Kiffin's system. Why is Tyler Knight still a wide receiver? Why, why is why is Tyler Knight? Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you got if you okay if you've got some depth issues in the defensive secondary, why not put a guy there? who showed in small amounts that he could give you something. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, didn't they try that? Yeah, and he was he was fine, but he looked better than. I mean, he's not gonna do anything wide receiver. There's no future there for him. And if he's strictly no, gonna be a return no. guy, I mean, you're putting other people returning. Jerryon Ely was returning kicks last year, not Tyler Knight. So what is he giving you? Yeah. Nothing. Special teams, I guess, like kickoff and punt return right now. Well, put him where, okay, where you're making my point again. If he's doing kickoffs, yeah. put him at safety. Yeah. He could give you yeah. something, some type of value, even his only a backup. But the deal with Ole Miss's wide receivers, they could be sneaky great. Now, a lot of things have to go right. But Jonathan Bingo, I'm not counting Demarcus Gregory. Dennis Jackson, I'm not counting Miles Battle. Elijah Moore, Dontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, Jaden Jackson. Got some guys coming in. Now, they're unproven because – the former offensive coordinator was terrible. But there's talent there. And I think that's shining right now in spring football practices with the Grove Bowl coming up in two weeks. I, I almost just asked a question that would probably get us off on a tangent, but I'm not going to do it. So uh, I, I completely agree. Uh, you, you got a chance at receiver to have some guys. Look, Elijah Moore was really good um, last year. Um, you got some talent there. I think Jaden Jackson, like you said, uh, Dontario Drummond, they've got really good really good uh, options there and obviously mingo um we'll see and, and i'm interested to see how kiffin uses them you've got talent in the backfield too and it's not like he's coming into a, a scarcity of options at, at the uh skill positions what is the format for the grove bowl uh it's that thing where they give like the defense so many points and offense <laughs> has to outscore them right yeah does That's... Ole miss set a spring game attendance record in two weeks yeah, absolutely, because baseball would have been doing well. You'd have had Vanderbilt here, um, who has more scholarships than Ole Miss's football team. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you would have I think you would have seen a record for sure. Now, I don't think that it sold it out like they were trying to do, but I, I think a record for sure. That's such a low bar. Yeah, it has to do much. Like ten thousand is probably a record. Yeah, for whatever reason, spring football is not a big deal here. It's kind of strange. They've tried to make it a big deal. Yeah. I don't know how you make it entertaining. The only way I, mean, I think you can make it entertaining, what if you did a post-game concert? So you have this uh, scrimmage, and it's pretty competitive, and, and you treat it like a game simulation. Right? Yeah, then you could. And then at the post-game concert, you got Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. People would show up for that. Yeah, absolutely. They're not getting 30000 at the spring game. No, no, no. I think Maybe. the max they could get at the spring game is like 28000 yeah, I was going to say 25. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ole Miss basketball has been hosting prospects. Demencio Vaughn came to campus and he committed. They're going to host a few more. <laughs> so much is happening right now. Oh, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Recruiting junior days and camps and stuff. It's getting started. You know, you're going to have a regional uh, at Oxford here in about two months. Oh, man. The regional's coming. The SEC <laughs> Maybe tournament. A super. Oh, they're going to host a Super, aren't they? At this yeah. rate? <laughs> Surely Tennessee Tech won't happen again. Oh, geez. Why? Did, why? Why? <laughs> it was going so well. We, we have to talk about it, Ben. If we don't talk about it, we'll never get over it. It's Ben Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions on iTunes. When you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Right for the Ole Spirit, OmaSpirit.com, affiliate of 247 Sports. Keep David Johnson. In your prayers, thoughts, good vibe, center, whatever. He needs it all. Incremental progress. Little baby steps progress. It was really bad on Friday. He was done. But he's made a little bit of progress. And we'll take anything right now. Not even remotely close to being out of the woods. 
Far, far, far from that. Still in very critical condition. But he's shown a little bit of an improvement. And I think all of us will take that right now. I know I sure would because I want my friend back. So keep David Johnson in your thoughts, your prayers, whatever you want to do. Send every good vibe you can in his direction because he needs it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk again. Absolutely. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.